Hey, 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 Closet Busters and Bold Move Makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the Bold Move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Well, Life Uncloseted family, we need to represent, 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 and however that looks in our world. For some of us, it just means showing up at work and being our you know most authentic self. For others of us, it's like, I just got to I gotta be who I am with my family. And for some of us, we just we just kind of go do us in our own way as an LGBTQ plus person. But today's guest has definitely said representation in the world of the arts and film and all of that good stuff is her way of truly saying, I'm going to bring not only my artistic talent to the world, but I'm going to bring my queer self to the world as well. She has done numerous films. She's been involved with an Emmy-nominated series, which I'll let her talk about. And she's working on some great stuff. That's uh, Some stuff has come out here at the end of February. She's working on something that she may like dangle in front of us a little bit and tell us what's going on for her life now that we're into March. But um, I'm just so excited to have somebody who is not afraid to represent. And we're going to talk about what that looks like because, hey, when you're, when you're, Quote the Hollywood entertainment type. Sometimes that can be a scary space to be, but um, I'm looking forward to having Kristen Baker share herself. She is the founder of Tello Films. And I just want to say, I am truly, truly like just ready to enjoy this because I always love working with the creatives. So welcome. Welcome to my lovely little podcast, Kristen. Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. So, wow, the world of films and all that stuff. And of course, before we came on the air, we were talking about some mutual connections that the yeah. um, that the listeners have already heard about. So coming out for love, you were part of that as well. But um, I don't want to just focus on that. I want to focus on you because, yeah, let's talk about. Yeah, let's Emmy talk about, nomi- me, let's talk about Emmy nominated <laughs> LGBTQ stuff. That's pretty big. Yeah. I mean, let's just yes. get real about that. Well, so were that's you, very kind. Thank were you. Were you blown away? Like, I mean, I'm sure you were excited, number one, right? Oh, yeah. 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 But then I can only imagine. I remember the first time somebody said something really nice about my podcast. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a little, it's just a little bit thing, right? And I'm like, wait, this person's kind of, they're kind of a big deal, right? And then I got kind of nervous, like, okay, well, I guess I'm kind of out there now, right? There's no, yeah. there ain't no hiding when these sort of things happen, but. Take us through that world. The series was called Sex and Execs. So um, yeah. nomination for Outstanding Actress, correct? That, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and actually the next year we had two others, two other actors nominated um, or actresses nominated for Emmys, daytime Emmys. So we've had three total um, Emmy nominations. And, That's awesome. Yeah, Mindy Sterling, who um, played a lot. Most people know her as Frau in the Austin Powers um, mm-hmm. franchise, uh, was, was, uh, our nominee. And yeah, like when you see that name, um, and you see your, you know, um, your plucky little tiny, you know, lesbian queer, um, platform listed in an, in an Emmys book and, 
you just like you, 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 it's like you almost like vibrate at a different level. Like you're kind of oh, wanting absolutely. to bounce off the wall. You know, it's just absolutely so exciting. So, yeah. And then, you, you know, you call as many people and you're texting people and, you know, you're just like, ah, yeah. So. But it's such a cool thing, too, because, we, OK, let's just get real. We know there's so many LGBTQ people in the entertainment industry to begin with. Yeah. But yeah. when you achieve that kind of notoriety and that kind of a nod from the industry, yeah. it takes it to a whole nother level. You know, it does. It's almost like, OK, we're not hiding. Yes, we're here. We're queer and we're not hiding. But now we're really not hiding. Yeah. Know? No, that's that's like. Yeah, that's um, that was the excitement of it also is just to be recognized by your peers because all of, you know, you're voted on by people who are members of the TV Academy. Right. I luckily enough am, am also a member of the TV Academy. And when, so it d depends on the, the group then. So all the actors vote for the actors and, you know, producers vote for producers. Right. And um, so um yeah so it was really cool to i think the other cool part of it was um you know that you're in the room with uh you know just some amazing people you know you're mm -hmm. when you're at the event itself you know you're sure. in the auditorium and it's like you know ryan murphy's over here and jill soloway's over here and and, uh, y you know, uh, you, you know, you're just looking at like all these incredible people who you have admired and admired their shows and like you're, you know, they're your fans of theirs. And, you know, mm -hmm. here you are on like the sixth row and like Tom Hanks is like spitting distance from you, like giving, you know, mm -hmm. announcing an award. And, you know, so that kind of stuff is just really, really cool. And you're you're kind of sitting there and you're like, oh, my gosh, like it's almost this kind of, am I, are these my peers? Like I've looked mm. up to them so much, you know what I mean? But you're kind of rubbing elbows with them in the same right. room. Yeah. So I think that's the other cool part too. Well, exactly. I, I, um, most of my listeners know I, you know, I help professional speakers build their businesses too. And one of my colleagues who's a speaker, <clears throat> she recently, and she was recently on the podcast as well. Um, uh, it's probably been a good month and a half ago or so. She got to speak at a high school and biggest gig she's done. But the bigger thing was her like idol, like her speaker idol was going to be in the audience. And this person didn't deliver the keynote. And she has watched this person deliver keynote after keynote after keynote. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And she was really kind of freaking out before this happened. And so I was her coach. I mean, we worked together, but she's gone through a couple of the programs that I teach for the company. And she's like, I don't know what to do because this is, this is like my mentor idol. I can't yeah. believe I'm doing this and she's not. And I said, you're doing it because you're meant to be doing it. Let's just, you know, let's, yes, I right. can understand the jitters and everything. Right. <clears throat> well, the beauty of all that is after she did her thing, her mentor idol reached out to her and said, I just want you to know, that was amazing. I learned some stuff from you. She goes, we really need to have some conversations and like, kind of like possibly amazing. work together. Oh, and I think wow. this is the beauty of when we put ourselves out in the world in the way yeah. that we're meant to do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's when we first represent in such a beautiful way. 
And I just have to say, so like um, we had talked about, <clears throat> you know, Nicole Kahn and you and some others who've been on the show. What I love about it is when we as LGBTQ and especially you as queer women are out there making an impact in the world, you're not only impacting our community, you're also showing women who are in any marginalized community, mm-hmm. this can be done. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's Amen. really like the really big, big message there. So mm-hmm. I know you are very creative, but there's more behind just, let's just do this film. I feel like there's like, you want to see more social impact. You want to be telling oh, yeah. those stories that people aren't telling. Why is that mm-hmm. such a driver for you? I have been asked this many times uh, before over, over the many years that I've been doing this. And I think my, my, it's unfortunately my answer has not changed. And, and I say that cause I'll, when I say this, I mean it. And I'm, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes I make lesbian holiday rom-coms, right? Like mm. I may, I try and make feel good movies. I don't think any of my ha- projects have been an overt political statement. Right. Mm. But the, and the reason it, I do what I do and it's important to me is because I believe truly in a marginalized and underrepresented community. It, I believe it truly saves lives. Mm. I think that, when you see your stories are worthy of being in front of you in the in the media landscape being presented right. it validates you as a person it validates your love it validates your life it validates that you are worthy because your story is being told and even mm-hmm. though that's from an external place that's coming in i think we all seek community and sometimes for some people that can be difficult to find and and some people truly find it in stories that are that are being told to them um, through you know whatever you know YouTube or you know social media or, or whatever that is, and I think it I truly think that it it can save lives and I, I've I heard agree. numerous accounts of that even if it's like a you know kind of happy clappy kind of of feel good story but I, sure. I do think it validates who you are as a person. And that's why I think these stories are so, so critical. And, and, you know, unfortunately my, you know, my answer hasn't, hasn't changed in the, in the 13, 14 years that I've gotten this question. Well, and I think it's a great answer because it shows how solid you are and who you want to be number one, but in a way it continues to show if you pulled the pedal off of this, would that actually mean that we don't need to do this anymore? The answer would definitely be a resounding no, but it also just continues to show the importance of going out and doing what we do. Um, Yeah. I've heard it too. I mean, and again, I don't want to downplay the size of the audience here because I want y'all to keep listening. I'm not knocking y'all. Right. But there's always those moments when I get that email that says, you know, I listened to that podcast and it changed my world. It saved my yeah. life. It helped yeah. me feel like, okay, I finally found a space where I can feel safe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that whether it's a podcast or movies or a TV show or whatever it may be in music, I, I mean, I just recently interviewed a couple of musicians and mm-hmm. same thing. Anything that we do as creatives that help others see the mirror, uh, you're not alone. You are part yes. of something greater than what you believe yourself to be. 
is a yes. beautiful thing to to put out there in the world. Yeah. So here's a question I've always kind of thrown at people because it can be like a, well, it could be maybe a hot button for some. It has been a hot button for some. Does it bother you when people refer to you as a queer filmmaker? No, not really. Hmm. I mean, I, I think you can phrase it a few. Honor. Yeah, I think you could look at it in a few ways, right? Like if they say like, I am a, a queer filmmaker, I, you know, they're leading with queer first as opposed to filmmaker. So they could hmm. say, also say I'm a filmmaker who is queer. Right. Um, you know, I identify as a lesbian, so they could say I'm a lesbian filmmaker. You know, I'm a lesbian right. filmmaker. But um, no, I think is I think um, that if people potentially know that, you know, that's a lens that I come with, I think that can be sometimes a bonus, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I don't know that it necessarily bothers me. I hope it's not the only thing that, you know, is defining me. Um, but if, you know. I think it's, it's, yeah. I, I think the assumption though, that the sad part is the assumption when you say filmmaker, it's like straight white male is usually right. like what you, well, what yeah, you think I was gonna of. Say, that's you exactly I where mean? I was going to go next. So right? it's like, you know, just for a female filmmaker alone, that's a, know, that's a departure, yeah. right? Yeah. So. I had a, I was talking to someone the other day and he was like, you know, I have this, uh, this project and I have the funding for it and I'm, and I'm looking for a female, they're wanting a female director, but it's straight. Like, would you be okay doing straight movies? And, but it's, it's female leads, which is why they want a female director. And I was like, absolutely. I would love to, you know, mm-hmm. I can, I can tell straight stories, you know, stories about straight people. Like, <laughs> well, they're no, all around this, this is why they, I they asked don't that question. Away. Right. Because yeah. there is almost like this assumption, like, Okay, I'm a queer, queer filmmaker. Some people would assume, oh, they only make queer films. So don't even right. talk to them, you know? Right. And right. I think there is, that is kind of the sad state of sometimes how language is used that people do this. Like, yes, I'm a gay dad, but I'm also a dad who happens to be gay, you know? Yeah. So there's the same, it's the same, you know, kind of connotation. Like that doesn't define me. It's just one facet of who I am. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes we put each other in these interesting boxes. I see you as a filmmaker. You happen to be a woman filmmaker. Oh, and guess what? She happens to be a lesbian. I would almost say I would, I'm almost like cool on you that you're a woman filmmaker because I know that's groundbreaking in and of itself. Yeah. Now, yes. To be a, a lesbian or queer woman, however people want to box that in. That's actually groundbreaking too. But in our own community, I almost feel like well, at least we're a little more open to like, oh, she's a lesbian filmmaker. You know, that that's more accepted when you get out in the bigger scope of things. Yeah, she's a woman filmmaker. Let's let's hang our hat on that. It's kind of like right. we live in wine country here in Central Coast, California, and I happen to know two or three winemakers who are women. And I've had this same conversation about mm. female winemakers, right? Women winemakers is like, Oh, really? Like, yeah, I can make wine just like a guy. It's it's not right. any big feat, right? And interesting. so it's, a, it, yeah. it's very interesting. And those conversations have gone pretty similar to what we just had, where it's like, mm. wait, I happen to be a woman and I make wine. So what's that's just another piece of who I am. Yeah. So what do you find the most interesting in the landscape right now of film and media like You've been doing this for a while. You've had some mm-hmm. great wins, some great hits. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, where you sit, what's like, what's the new frontier? 
I'm not talking like the next avatar or something, but like there's gotta be some interesting stuff that's really like, it's kind of percolating, you know, a new frontier. Um, I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know. I think, you know, I think right now there's such a huge, um, number of streamers. So I think, you know, there's, there's going to need to be some consolidation that happens. And right now, a lot of streaming platforms, not necessarily, you know, Netflix, but a lot of streaming platforms are losing money right now, um, yep. spending money on content. So I think, you know, for it's not necessarily, this isn't necessarily an answer as far as like content is concerned, but more of like, how do we, how, how are we going to get our content? How are mm -hmm. the decisions going to be made? You know, right now, the big, in my community, the big thing that's happening is um, a, a series called uh, Warrior Nun was canceled on Netflix. And it was like after kind of a series of of uh, cancellations that had um, LGBTQ female leads. And so I think the community is like really upset um, that Netflix has canceled another like sort of lesbian led show. Right. Um, or I think it's a, I should say ensemble um, uh, show. But, you know, so it's it's kind of like the decision-making that happens around what stays and what's go what goes with all the content that's coming out. So, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just one example. And then, you know, a lot of the mainstream press is talking about, you know, the fact that Peacock just hit 20 million subscribers, which was a milestone for them, but they're still losing money. And one of their popular shows, Girls 5 Eva, season three was picked up on Netflix. So what, what does that mean for, you know, almost like splitting up of, of, of a series? Like you would never have had that uh, you know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be talking about like, gosh, you know, it's really weird. Um, you know, we're seeing reruns, you know, of, you know, um, the Cosby show on NBC, but the next season of the Cosby show is going to be on ABC. Like you would never have that right. kind of thing happening. So I think we're just trying to figure out like, you know, what, um, what's next for streaming as far as like what kind of content's getting picked up, what kind of content's getting renewed, why can the fans unite and save something? Um, you know, they saved one day at a time, one day at a time went from Netflix to pop TV, you know, in its final season. And then, um, you know, so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with all the streaming platforms. How niche are we going to get with different, different, um, uh, pieces of it are they all going to be gobbled up and there's going to be three main you know streaming platforms like there were three right. main three or four main you know um uh networks like so that to me is what i'm i pay very close attention to yeah. as you might imagine um, for streaming and and you know i get investors for my movies so and my platform well, if, you, so if you weren't you know, if you weren't paying attention to that then it's kind of like i tell my speakers i'm like if you're not paying attention to what's going on in the industry and what the industry is demanding and what, yeah. you know, people are saying, can you do virtual? I remember, you know, guess granted COVID caused a lot of that, but now a lot of my speakers, when they go in to pitch like they like, Hey, I want to be your keynote. Great. Can you do this virtually? Yeah. And then they're like, uh, uh sure. <clears throat> yeah. You need to be ready to say, absolutely. I have a virtual studio. I have it all set up. Because yeah. companies are like, why would we send people to all these different places when suddenly the world is at our disposal? It's not exactly the same thing, but, you know, a lot of companies are thinking in that, you know, it's kind of like yeah. the whole streaming stuff. It's like, if we can do this, 
why would I go to a movie theater? I'm just saying, you know, some people are in that mindset. Yeah, And now I can just stream it into my living room. You know, my husband and I are like going through the Oscar nominees going, okay, well, where, which ones can we watch from home versus having to go to the theater at this point? Yep. Yep. So I just think, I think it's an interesting thing to kind of hear it from somebody in the industry. Like, yeah, this is something that's kind of going on that we have to pay attention to. So what do you feel like has really changed for you as a quote, female lesbian filmmaker from how it started in the industry and where you are today. There has yeah. to have been some huge, just like, yeah. just, well, just representation and recognition. Number one's got to be a yeah. huge twist and turn. It is. Yes. There it, it's, it's, you're, you don't get as much pushback if you're, if your lead is a female or, or a lesbian, which is, which is nice. So I, I'm, the project that you kind of tease that I'm working on is an action thriller. Mm-hmm. And a, 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 one of the producers who's, who wants to come on is a straight white male. And he was telling me, he went on and on on this phone call about how much he loves working with women and loves working with female producers. And he loves that my lead is a, is a, um, a lesbian and there's no coming out. There's no big deal. Like this is really great. And so he was like super positive about it. And he has to sell this movie like he has to look right. at. And there was no question like, well, here's who we can't go to. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. 10 years ago, five years ago, that would have been, well, mm-hmm. we can't go to these four places because you have a lesbian, but we can go to these four places. So that's mm-hmm. really kind of come off the table, which is really nice where there's very yeah. few that will not look at your project. The inverse of that is sometimes, especially with like holiday rom-coms, they'll have one. So of the 40 Hallmark movies, there's one LGBTQ. Of the 30 Lifetime movies, there's one LGBTQ. And God forbid, we have two. Like, So that can be very frustrating, especially if you're not the one, obviously, right? right. right? Obviously. So that that can sometimes be, you know, so it's great we have one, but we only have one. So, um... So that can sometimes happen. I think the other thing, and this is this is where I feel very passionately about things, is I um, am not really telling coming out stories. None of my projects, all of my leads are unapologetically gay, non-binary, lesbian, right. queer, and there's no coming out. There's no oh my goodness, you know. There's right. none of that um, happens. I I did. Um, I have a project. Um, the first two episodes are coming out called Scare B&B. They're out right now. You can find them on divaboxoffice.tv. Um, Scare B&B, the hosts. Um, the first two episodes are out. And there's one line, one one of the characters, one of the leads is a non-binary um, character. I had, I had my writer adjust it because one of the hosts, which is an older straight couple, says, I think she should go to the hospital. And then someone corrects her and says, they will, you know, go tomorrow. And right. then in the next sentence, she tries to use, she says, she, I mean, they would da da da. And I had her put that in. Cause I just said, I want to have, I think that's more real to have an older female person get a little want to say the right, pro, but it's a hard right. thing. And I, so I thought that was reality. And I thought, you know, she's not going to pick up a they, them pronoun very quickly, you know? And so, so, you know, it's little things like that, um, that I'll put in, but no one comes out as non-binary. No one asks a bunch of questions. No one doesn't understand it. No one's questioning their sexuality. It's just, you know, they like girls. They like to kiss girls. 
maybe some of them also like boys, but there's not really a coming out piece. It's so interesting over the years. So I, I'm going to say my first, well, yeah, where I was 2014, I, well, 13 or 14 that I, I was on the Ricky Lake show. And so as oh, soon wow. as I was on the Ricky Lake show as like the coming out expert, oh. I started getting all these, you know, Hollywood producers. We got, we got a, we got a story. We think, you know, you could be the, you know, da, 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 da. And it was so interesting because what did they want to tell? They wanted to do the coming out story. I'm like, there's lots of coming out stories and they wanted to do a series. And, and I'm like, well, first of all, let me get real with you about this. And of course then coming out Colton kind of like poo pooed what I'm about to say, but I'm not going to say much because then I'll get hate mail because I, I wasn't a fan of that show. But I said, you need to think about if you're going to do a reality TV series about a family who is going through the coming out process, I think you're going to have a really hard time finding people who are willing to put that stuff on the line. First of all, it's a very personal experience. Second of all, it can become contrived really quickly because mm. you can't just go. So, and they kept saying, do you have some husbands and wives who you think, you know, as a coach that you could say, we'd like to really get you involved in this. I said, no, because by the time they come to me, either the spouse, husband or wife, I mostly work with guys are coming to work with me because they're like, I need to understand how to navigate through this. They mm. haven't even come out yet. Right. Secondly, mm. it's almost like you're going to, you're going to blow the coming out by going, well, your husband's talking to this coach and he's wanting to come out. It, it just, you know, I mean, I, okay. Yeah. I, I love my, I love our straight friends, but Right, right. Sometimes yeah. it's like you don't get it. You don't get it to build a show or even movies a little bit different because you can kind of do it that way. But you're right. There's been yeah. so many. And I'm not poo pooing coming out stories. Nor, nor am I. Nor am right. I, Rick. Like, I don't think there's I think that was part of the journey of our storytelling. Like I when agree, we didn't 100%. see our stories, it was sort of like, what is a very what is the thing that connects us all? And and who knows, maybe it'll continue to connect the community, but it was a coming out story. Like that was something. When did you right. know? Who was your first kiss? Did you know at this age? Did you know younger? And and right. and um, that was the thing that connected us. And so we wanted to kind of tell the story of our discovery. And mm -hmm. we wanted I wanted to watch those. I wanted yep. to watch because I wanted to see who else you know had a similar experience or what other stories are there. And so, you know, I'm not. I'm with you. I'm not poo-pooing that on by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's important. I think if we still make coming out stories, I think that is valuable. But I do think in the evolution of storytelling in our community, there's a space for that to already have happened. And now right. we're telling, you know, I think bros doesn't really have a coming out story, right? Like yep. it was just a rom-com. So yeah, it was definitely a rom-com. You know, yep. Yeah. So that's but the kind of thing that, you know, I think I think we have evolved a little bit storytelling wise past just the coming out story, which used to be very much what was in the earlier days. But I think where some places are under under misrep or underrepresented in that genre <clears throat> is there's there always seems to be this emphasis on the teen coming out stories. Right. Mm, mm -hmm. And we kind of miss that there's a whole nother population of people who come out at 20 30 40 50 60 right there's never i mean i've seen a few of them but they're never like let's get real about this now mm -hmm. i know that maybell was one that you won an award for in 2016 mm -hmm. 
but it is yeah. about a 35 year old gay woman in the south yay i grew up in the south so <laughs> i was like oh i can relate to like all of that gotta be hidden you know bless your heart all that good stuff but yeah. um i think and I, I know that's not completely a coming out story but i think you know without giving it all away because i want people it's called maybell go look it up go find it um <laughs> I think it's important to tell those kind of stories because there's a lot of layers in that 35 years yeah. old in the South, she loses her mother. There's all these things that actually make for pieces of a coming out story. But the richness of a story like that is so much more than it's just about coming out. It's just about coming out. It's just about coming out. I think the yeah. real life of who we are, you know, I've all, and you know, gay dad or gays with kids, they've done an amazing job of becoming a very big voice in our community <clears throat> but I've always like, what would it be like to see a real movie, like a hardcore real movie about, you know, two men or two women who came out of the closet later in life and you got the mixed family thing going on and all this sort of stuff where it's like, okay, it could be a rom-com. Well, I guess Frankie and whatever, whatever the, that series was kind of that storyline, but it was, you know, I think those representations are important as well. Yeah. I think that's what you're bringing to the table is you're starting to, whether it's directly a LGBTQ story or just the representation of an actor or an actress or a producer or a director, like they're part of being in the present. Mm -hmm. So the current projects you're working on that you're, you're wrapping up February, give us a little insight to that. And then I tease the audience like, she might talk about something else that's coming up, but um, <laughs> Give us like, what's, what's the latest stuff that Kristen's got her lovely little hands on? Yeah. Well, so this Saturday, uh, no, this will be past. You'll be, so we're doing a really fun live stream that will be available when this podcast comes out on divaboxoffice.tv. So you'll be able, it won't be live, but when we did it, it was live um, where um, we have a property that um, one of my investors purchased that is Willie Nelson's old property. And he actually built the cabin that's on it. It's 150 acres. And we're going to turn it into a movie studio. And um, we're going to have, we're having an open house, but we're also doing, cause it's Nashville, a performance on Willie stage. So we have three queer artists who are going to be, we're going to live stream the music for that. So that I'm really excited about that. Cause I really want to get into some really cool live stream things happening. So you can check that out on divaboxoffice.tv. And I think we're going to call it like a queers on Willie's porch or something like that. Um, and so that, that, that'll be really fun. And they're amazing musicians, as you can imagine in Nashville. Um, and then February 28th. So that'll be out as well. You can, as I mentioned, we have a um, thriller um, limited series called scare B and B and the first two episodes of that chapters one and two will be on um on on the site for rent or buy and that is like four um best friends from high school who are um you know like 10 years later or something like that like they're in their i think early 30s all rent every year they get together and they rent a house um and the hosts are um a little a little bizarre and weird things start happening in the house and so um it's a it's it um, yeah. So, and, and all the, the four females all identify in real life as queer in some way. Um, and then, uh, I'm working right now, hopefully I will be in production. Um, when people are hearing this podcast on my thriller franchise, uh, on a thriller action thriller 
that uh, I'm going to be shooting. Um, right now it's called the safe house, but I think that title is, is going to change. Um, but that we're, we have some really cool people coming in to co-produce with me. Um, and so I'm excited cause I haven't, it's been a while because I've, I've been doing holiday rom-coms since I've done an action uh, project. So I'm excited to get back um, into that and like really kind of flex that muscle, which I'm, I've, I wrote it and I'll be directing it as well. Yeah. So that should be super fun. Cool. Is there any story? I know there's gotta be plenty. <laughs> Are there any <laughs> stories that you're like, this is the, this, I got to tell this story before, before, before my time on the planet ends, this, yeah. these stories I want to make sure I get to tell. Yeah. I actually have a, I have a list on a whiteboard of all the scripts that I have <laughs> ready, ready to be made into movies. And I think the one that I talk about the most often, cause I think it's the closest to my heart is called redneck Christmas. Mm. And, um, I, it's based on true stories of me bringing, either friends or girlfriends home to visit my family who are in um, rural um, Virginia. And I have a very um, loud, loving, fabulous um, Southern family with all different kinds of political views and views on the world and views on life. But we all love each other and they've been, uh, and I know they love me um, and they are, they are a, a, quite a unique bunch. It's a, it's like the Southern version of my big fat Greek wedding, <laughs> but set at Christmas with the Southern sure. family. Um, awesome. And so I would, I really want to make that before I leave, um, leave this mortal coil. What do you, what is something that, you know, you do get to film and all this sort of stuff. What is something you, you really get to do for fun outside of this? Oh, um, I love, I love to travel. Um, I love, um, you know, I love the outdoors. I love walking, you know, going, hanging at the beach. I love hanging in the mountains. I love, you know, just being in nature. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I'm really lucky in that I absolutely love what I do. So, um, you know, my goal in life is to be on set as often as possible. That's my directing is like my absolute happy place. Um, and I, I strive to figure out how to get there as often as I can, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I love traveling. I love going to, you know, cool, fun places and just experiencing culture and, and, um, yeah, relaxing. Cool. So where's one of the places that you've enjoyed getting to film, like of all the places you film stuff? Oh gosh. You know, I've, um, all the places I've filmed, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I've either been in Nashville or Los Angeles, and both places are fantastic. I, 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 I love filming there. Um, I, I will say, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell a place that I hope to film in. How about that? I'll manifest that would be awesome. something here on the podcast. Yeah. So, last summer, I was able to do a scout um, of Italy. I have an oh. Italian movie that I've been working on. That's a food and wine tour. And there's this amazing chef, Chef Anthony, um, who it's based on his actual food and wine tour. And oh, so cool. I was able to go with him and actually kind of route what, what, so he would talk about, he, you know, we would tour all the places. So you were like, you started in Venice and then we, you know, experienced like, you know, obviously like gondola rides and water taxis and then going to, you know, the place and he would describe like what, what the cuisine and in Venice. And then, 
you know, you stayed at a wonderful hotel and then we went down to, you know, an area called Parma and you tour like Parma hand factories and Parmigiano Reggiano cheese wheels, you know, up right. 50 feet high and, and, you know, you see them making it and, you know, a balsamic, um, uh, vinegar tour place. And so we did like all the tours, all his adventures and then Tuscany and Deruda and finished in Rome. And it was incredible. That's like awesome. the sensory experience of that, um, is exciting. And so I'm, I'm working on, um, getting that, uh, funded and hopefully I'll be able to, to be filming, um, at some point in time in Italy this year, next year to tell that story. It's a beautiful ensemble story um, of people finding one another and their connection through food and wine. So that just shows everybody who just listened. She's not just a queer filmmaker. No, she's, <laughs> she's a filmmaker who happens to be lesbian queer. And yes. I love asking those kind of <laughs> questions because I feel like I want people to see the person that that's behind some of this creativity. You know, when people ask me like, well, what do you like, Rick? Uh, well, guess what? I'm a cyclist and I love wine mm. and I love cycling and, and cycling through wine country is one of my favorite things uh, to go do. Amazing. I don't necessarily drink and cycle at the same time. Every once in a while I do. But yeah. I, I'm a smart cyclist too. It's like, okay, you can have a little taste or two, but no, you're going to get thrown off if you do that other than that. But yeah. it's so amazing to hear like, okay, here's your passion but here's your joy too. And then sometimes yeah. they're both the same thing. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, lo I love the idea of Italy and, um, kind of ironic. My husband and I've been talking about where's summer vacation going to be when oh. Italy's come up a couple of times, just because he's never really spent any time there. We've, oh, I mean, man. we did a couple of cruises through the Greek Isles and stuff that stopped in a couple of places, but, um, no. So, well, thank you for just, taking some time out of your busy schedule, oh my sharing about what you're Thanks doing. And, you know, I'd love to like, keep me posted. And when new stuff comes out, let's, let's keep sharing because this is another that. way of representing, you know, oh, I think yeah. the representation Amazing. that we all can bring to our world as LGBTQ, you know, individuals, if nothing else, there's going to be a young woman somewhere who heard about you as a filmmaker that'll inspire her yeah. But there's also probably some young lesbian who's like, that's what I want to do. But let's hear from those who've gone before us. And I think yeah. it's such a valuable gift we can give back to our world to keep not only telling the stories the way you do in film, but to like do it here and like, so here's what she's done now. And here's, you know, and another Emmy, maybe when, the next time it'll be an Oscar. Yes! Won't, you, you won't out talk to me when it's Oscar. Like, no, Rick, I'm too busy with. The <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. But, um, have my, you, just, you should have my email address. You just hit me up anytime. I will. I will. Definitely. We'll, uh, we'll have and another since we, we, And since we do have a Nashville connection, there may be an yes! opportunity to, um, actually I've had a lot of Nashville people on this podcast, a lot of Nashville, um, country music artists and, um, actually Samantha Gibb was just on. Um, oh, wonderful. And she was great. It's an interesting little conversation because I'm like, okay, so yeah, you're, um, of course, I'm going blank on Barry. I think Barry is her dad, Barry Gibb. Uh, he's the one who passed away, I think. The, one yes. of the original, yeah. yes. Yeah, one of the original, yeah. <clears throat> so when I got approached, I was like, okay, that, that's kind of cool. You know, I grew up with these guys, right? And then she revealed something about why she wanted to be on this podcast. I'm like, okay. Wow. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. She's a great gal. She was a great, it was a great fun 
just connection. But, um, but yes, thank you so much for like giving of your time, sharing your story. I hope somebody listening, even if it's just one, that's what I always say. Even if just even one if person one. is just like, wow, that was worth me here. And there's others like me doing amazing yeah. things, or if she can do it, I could go do it. So, um, absolutely. There, let me right. tell you, always <clears throat> think this dumber people than dumber people than I have done this before. Yep. And and any anytime I'm scared about something, I'm like, someone dumber than me has figured this out. Uh, exactly. And there you go. Yeah. So so quick shout out. Where's the best website? Is it Trello? You, do you shout out whatever yeah. you want people to connect oh, with? Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, on all the socials, I'm Kristen Tello, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N Tello. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm I'm starting to get on TikTok. I just had a tutorial. So um, maybe find me there at some point, but um, you can also I, find. I Diva. get that. I'm still yeah. trying to do the TikTok. I Actually, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like, well, this isn't, you know, but I'm not doing cut-ins and all. I mean, you're a filmmaker, so that'd probably be easy for you. I'm I, like, I, no, I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? But uh, so I'm working on that. But you can also find um, divaboxoffice.tv on Facebook and also all the socials, and then you can find my work on divaboxoffice.tv. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again. This Thanks, was a fun Rick. conversation. Absolutely. Appreciate you. And for all of you, follow any of those things and you can find out more about what Kristen's up to and stay on top. And maybe you'll see something new come out that she's working on. So everybody, thanks for listening and we'll catch you in just another week. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.